Hello and welcome to Rangers Rundown, your 2018 home for all things Bartolo Colon. This is, of course, the internet's number, probably three, to be perfectly honest, Bartolo Colon fan podcast. I'm Max, and I'm joined, as mostly always, by my co-host Hayden. Hello, everyone, and all believers in Bartolo Colon. And boy, howdy, do we have a lot of Bartolo Colon to talk about today. So, um... As a fan of, of the sports ball and of specifically baseball, Bartolo Colon versus Justin Verlander, best pitching matchup of the 2018 season? What? On a, in front of a national audience. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez, Jessica Mendoza, Matt Vaxcursion, everybody in the world tuning into a premier matchup. Actually saw an amazing game that the Rangers actually won. It was sweet. It was real good. One? No, no. The Rangers don't win baseball games. This is 2018 with a with a one in front of the eight. Right, but the way that it turned out is that we were actually able to, um, by virtue of physics and strength and uh, speed, able to get more people to touch first, second, third, and then the home plate. Uh, than the Houston team was able to do um, over a period of 10 equal innings. So uh, it's, a, it's a weird kind of loophole, but the 2018 rules do say that if that does happen, then the Rangers do end up getting to win that particular game. Huh. Okay, so walk me through this. I was under the impression that the Astros were the best team in baseball and that the Rangers were the historically worst team in the sport. And yet, you're saying that Texas won. I'm just saying that way, uh, baseball is a is a weird game. Uh, the great Levi Weaver of the Athletic um, likes to refer base refer to baseball as a feral child. Um, so yeah, that was on display tonight, uh, recording on Sunday. Uh, if you were listening to the broadcast on Saturday, I th- they they mentioned a couple times that if the Rangers were to indeed fall down and stay down in the five to zero deficit that they were in in the late innings then that actually would lead them to the worst start in franchise history which is nearing 50 years so we were only a couple of outs away from ending up at the worst start ever end up hitting a bunch of dingers end up having a two-seam fastball just be located perfectly in front of a national TV audience. And just like that, we are never going to lose again. And never. we we own the state. Yeah, we own the state. Um, okay, I'm doing quick math here. We went one and three in the first series, two and one in the series. So we're, th- we're three and four in the season series. That's hey, a win for us. Look at that. We're basically winning. Uh, <laughs> as as our, our dear, beloved Twitter account, type of participation would tell us, to paraphrase, baseball exists to mess with you. Yes. So I, I feel sufficiently messed with. What a wonderful way to be messed with, though. Two yeah. really interesting games, uh, Saturday and Sunday, and for really different reasons. So we can, I think we need to talk about Bartolo Colon today. Seven and two-thirds, one hit, one walk, seven strikeouts. Um, wow. Just Wow. He was doing everything out there. He was he was fooling folks. He was getting good good play behind him. He was making some good plays coming off the mound. Uh, they 
especially when you look at the counterpoint between him and Justin Verlander, who was just pumping gas and making people look dumb, who went eight innings with one hit, a home run by Robinson Torinas, one walk and 11 strikeouts. So I think in the box score, better than Bartolo Colon, but maybe less impressive to actually have watched. Like the, the comparison between what Justin put up and what Bartolo did, that's baseball. And what a performance. There are so many different ways to be successful in the game. Uh, it's You know, it's funny because Justin Verlander is kind of the... Um, the a great story. I mean, objectively, we don't like him because he, he pitches for the Astros, but objectively as a baseball fan, it's great that he was an incredibly talented pitcher, you know, won an MVP award and a Cy Young. He's won at least one of those and threw 100 miles an hour as a starting pitcher. His velocity maintained, absolutely elite. One of the best pitchers of this generation had a rough go. And the way that he's been able to reinvent himself and uh, continue his career is certainly admirable. And he's kind of the, the poster child of learning how to pitch again, looking at sabermetrics, uh, understanding the art of pitching. But Bartolo is the original, baby. Bartolo says, oh, the job as the pitcher is to throw the ball in the strike zone. I can do that. I'll just grab the ball and just throw it in that rectangle, and I'll just do it again, and I'll do it again, and I'll do it in this little different spot, and I'll do it again and again, and I'll throw just in, just become obsessed with this two-seam fastball that breaks like a foot and just backdoor all of these right-handed hitters. It was amazing. I, 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 we mentioned this after the last time that he pitched. Um, me in the in the one of the first episodes was not a fan of Bartolo Colon. Obviously, going off of last season, he was terrible. I mean, the Braves couldn't even find a, a place for him in their rotation, and yet. He's just come out here, just pump strikes, gotten ground balls, gotten weak contact, pitched deep into ball games, thrown strikes. No doubt has had a good impact in the clubhouse. And I just said I I need more Bartolo. And the fact that he was able to represent us so well and uh, on a national stage against Justin Verlander, against the one of the best offenses ever assembled, so sweet. So what you're telling me is that you need a big helping of Bartolo Crowlone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's I'm proud of it. It's bad, but I'm proud of it. No, I'm I don't want to spend an entire hour talking about Bartolo Cologne, although honestly, maybe we should. But eighteen and two thirds innings on the season. 17 strikeouts, two walks, two, one, two, two walks, three runs, an 8.2 strikeout per nine, less than one walk per nine innings pitched. For those of you who can't divide 18.2 divided by two, he's been incredible. He's 44. He's Bartolo Colon. Ah. And he's not the only pitching star we had out of the series. So, obviously, on Saturday, Mike Miner went. And for those of you who gave up early in that game, and I say... Shame on you. Is it? Is it? Yeah. No, no. No, I, I, no you, we, I, hand up, hand up. 
and you there is the proof you can release the receipts i was looking up i had already gone through and was prepared to talk about on the podcast how we went a week between leading at any point in a ball game from saturday to saturday it does exist and it's still true there you can still say something about that but we did not end up we got a lead at some point in that game, and that lead ended up being ultimate and final, and it was very good. So, yes, talk about Saturday. Yeah, so minor was really interesting to me because I, I was keeping up with the game on box. So I was not able to watch that one live. I went back and watched the whole thing this morning. Um, Miner's progression in the box did not look very good so for for folks who weren't watching the game you know it's a series of fly outs and ground outs and line outs and you know you're watching and you're like wow you know it's a good lineup but maybe maybe minor maybe he's not really got it today yeah he was perfect through three which excuse me if i'm not a super excited person about a, a perfect game through three innings and then he he seems to blow up in the fourth but watching that game those those first three innings, I would have liked to see more swing and miss. I would have liked to see a little bit better put away stuff from Minor, but he was effective. He was he was staying efficient. The contact he was getting was not especially loud. There were a couple of uh, decent swings, decent balls in play, and then the fourth just we got we got Astroed. Um, so. Springer reaches on that that he got fisted as uh, our, our well the not late great yeah yes <laughs> yes Steve Busby <laughs> and Steve would say uh, not hose but Springer got fisted on that little sawed off blooper to center field if the pitch was a little bit less good it would have been a line out to center and if the swing was less good and Springer was less strong it would have been a bloop out to second base. But he, he reaches, and then Bregman rings one into left field because Alex Bregman exists to make my life miserable. And then Altuve <laughs> should have struck out. Altuve should have been out. It was a one-two yep. pitch. Minor painted the corner. It was a great pitch. He didn't get the call. You say what you will about robot umpires or, or, or Altuve's strike zone, but he didn't get the call. Minor ends up hitting him on the, on the foot. Carlos Correa does Carlos Correa things. So... Fine, it's Carlos Correa. He's one of the better right-handed hitters, one of the better hitters in the game right now. That's okay. Yuli Gurriel getting a bad pitch and damaging it really irritates me because I think that Yuli Gurriel is somebody who sees a lot of pitches that aren't very good, and that's surprising for a guy who's allergic to taking walks. Folks seem to want to just float things to him in the zone, and I don't really get it because while he doesn't strike out a ton, he has established that he will swing at basically everything, um, and you can induce bad contact. But we floated one up in there. Hits a big old whacker, uh, and then Miner pitches way right out of it, and he got out of the inning. It was five runs, but after that he looked fine. If you if you just took that five run thing out, you'd you'd figure nothing bad had happened to him at all, and he was just coasting right through it. It's the Martin uh, Perez special. Yeah, it was like a it's a very weird Martin Perez because this one gets strikeouts. Uh, <laughs> Miner is throwing well. We've liked him every time we've talked about him on the podcast. Yes. I think that's that's still there. He's sitting about 92 as a starter, 91, 92, which is up from what he was doing when he was with the Braves. It is down, of course, from what he was doing last year with Kansas City, where he was sitting more 94, 95. But I think we're seeing really good Velo. I love the stuff. 
I, I like the approach. I like what he's doing in the mound. He's only started three games, and two of them were against the world-beating Astros, who do very well against left-handed pitching. Yeah, I'm no really looking forward to seeing Mike Miner pitch against literally anyone other than the Houston Astros. <laughs> Just anybody. It's, yeah. It's Just it's one thing to be anybody. the best offense, you know, best one of the best offenses assembled in the last couple decades. It's another thing to be especially a right-handed offense like the Astros. I mean, and he's done admirably. Obviously, the box score, like you said, doesn't look too great, but he's pitched well. He's been a good pitcher for us. He, the, the eye test and the peripherals are going to say Mike Miner, one of the better pitchers for the Rangers this year. So far, so good. Not the best pitcher. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to confuse anybody here. The best pitcher for the Rangers, hands down, hands up, Bartolo hands Cullen. left, light. I don't care. Yeah, it's Bartolo Colon. That's fine. Put your hands where you want. Bartolo Colon's the best pitcher in the game, but Mike Miner, second. <laughs> Right there, and this yeah. is this is this is a great day for pitching. Clayton Kershaw apparently got sick of the Dodgers losing and went nuts today, and wasn't the most impressive pitcher. He got ten strikeouts on sliders today. Clayton Kershaw, actually good. Future Ranger Clayton Kershaw at hundred percent. You heard it here first, folks. Clayton Kershaw, he's signing. He's already signed. It's a secret signing, but it's happened. <laughs> Man, we could talk about that. That's going to be like a summer slash fall thing. Oh, yeah. My my take. I don't think he opts out, but we'll see what happens. No. Well, he might opt out, but I don't. I don't think he's leaving Los Angeles. Yeah. Nah. I'm looking forward to seeing Mike Miner go. His next turn it should be against Seattle. Um, Seattle is, is it, not Houston. It's on the road too, right? This ball is going to stay in the park. In theory, I did look up. Yeah, yeah. We no, there's no, like we have a Seattle at home. We have Seattle at home. Really? Okay, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, we're we're at Tampa this next series. Then we come home for three against Seattle and three against Oakland. Okay. Yeah. So, I, regardless, I'm looking forward to seeing Mike Miner not freaking pitch in Minute Maid and not pitch against the Houston Astros. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be fine. Uh, Miner is doing everything that we really wanted him to be doing at the beginning of the season. You know, like you said. There's not a question that Mike Miner is a good pitcher at this point. It's simply right. can he stay healthy and can he go deep into games and be an effective guy in terms of utility in innings. And right. service is really early in the season. You can't make those sweeping judgments, but the first part has definitely been there. So He's far, been so very good. good. He's been very good. Yeah, definitely needs to work on his getting into deeper into ball games. Though I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he's this is his first time starting in what three or four seasons. I think it's four seasons, but um, yeah, fourteen. Maybe. I think it's the last time he, he knows he knows what he's got to do. I don't. He doesn't have to listen to the Rangers Rundown podcast to be like, oh man, maybe <laughs> I should pitch deeper into games. He'll he'll get there. He'll get there. Um, but yeah, it would be really nice to have like a seven inning Mike Minor start. That would be sweet. I think we're gonna get it. I think we're gonna get it soon. I think Bartolo has in, uh, influenced people. Dog, just throw the first them. pitch strikes. I can't strikes. stop thinking about it. Just the strikes. I threw them at 88 miles an hour. Martin Perez needs to, like, have, like, an eyes wide open, you know, just, like, his eyes forced open. Just cut off his eye. Okay, this is going to get weird. Cut off Martin Perez's <laughs> eyelids so he cannot close them and just watch the strikes. Stop nibbling. Just throw strikes. Bartolo film right in there. Pitch after pitch. 
not making problems for himself, not walking hitters, not putting guys in scoring position, not melting down, just humming it in there. It's art. I, it's art. I was That's all you need to do. The game. I was saying during the game, Bartolo Colon needs to be both the manager and the pitching coach. I, I had this thing. I was uh, I was out tonight watching the game, uh, surrounded by folks who are not really Rangers fans. There's at least one Mets fan and a big time Bartolo Colon guy in the bar. So I, you know, I had I had my cheering squad going with me, and Doug Brokale comes out, and I'm just sitting there yelling, "Why is Doug Brokale talking to Bartolo Colon?" I mean, I think he might be younger than Bartolo Colon. He's actually six years older, but it is a close thing. Um, we can launch Bannister and Brokale into the moon. Not the sun. They don't need that. Let Bartolo manage and be the pitching coach and be our number one starter. Player managers, they need to have them more often. Yeah. I don't know when the last time that was. It's a, it's an interesting era that would be more for like an oral history of baseball has it, podcast. Has it happened since Rose? Has there been a player manager since That's now? what I was thinking. I don't think yeah. so. But this is what we need, it, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Mike it's just really Mike. interesting. It's so interesting and... For sure. I don't know, man. There's so many. You know what? It's This would be a big old rabbit hole, and it could be a big old conjecture or whatever. But with the way that the game's going with, you know, sabermetrics and data and not really leaning towards clubhouse guys and guys that have skins on the wall as your manager, but, I mean, shoot, Gabe Kapler and um, mm-hmm. Aaron Boone both got jobs this offseason. They're, oh, yeah. they're young guys. Tell me why some kind of like 38-year-old that really believes in analytics can't run the clubhouse and back clean up. I mean, why not? Baseball is everything. All the conventional wisdom and all the tradition of baseball is getting flipped on its head. I'm just waiting for Ichiro. Oh, man, Ichiro. Absolutely. Well, we've talked a lot about pitching today. We've talked about managing we talked about pitching and managing we've talked about the rangers being good and a big thing that is none of those things but is one of those things which is the rangers being good is delano de shields so news came out today that delano is targeting potentially a return to the lineup not this monday but next monday so the 23rd not going to be blazing them on april the 20th but blazing them on april the 23rd to the 25th give or take Definitely still ahead of schedule. That's a really good sign for the team. You know, if this team has Delano to Shields right now on it and not Drew Robinson slash Carlos Tochi. Maybe we've picked up another game or three over the last few games. Maybe not. Depends on how high you are in Delano's bat. But that's really good news. I'm obviously pretty high in Delano as a player. Looking forward to him coming back. Did you see that today? Do you have any thoughts on his recovery time? He's still above schedule. I believe that the broadcast team was talking on Saturday about his recovery time, and they were talking to uh, Jeff Bannister about it. And he mentioned that Delano's a tough guy that usually plays through things that other guys would sit out with. So um, the fact that he's coming back early again, I think that he sees his opportunity uh, to play every day probably wants to get those 600 at-bats, get those 145 games in center field. And also the team, of course, despite the back-to-back wins against Houston, is still not looking like they're in a great spot. We still have a pretty big hole to dig out of. So wanted to get back out there and be the spark plug that he knows that he can be and help the team start to win. 
Uh, and the big thing that Delano has to do, of course, is live up to the family legacy. So the biggest news in Rangers adjacent circles this weekend before Bartolo, of course, set the world on fire is that a third DeShields was taken as a first-round pick in their associated professional sport. So, of course, for our, let's say, elder statespersons who listens to this podcast, Delano DeShields was the number 12 overall pick. The senior, Delano DeShields, and his son, Delano DeShields, often called Delano DeShields Jr. It's not technically correct, but... The Dentist was taken with a number eight overall pick by the the lesser of the two Texas teams. But Delina's younger sister, Diamond DeShields, just taken number three overall uh, in the WNBA draft by the Chicago Sky coming out of the University of Tennessee. So enormous congratulations to DeShields family. I I think Papa DeShields has to be incredibly proud. Two first-round talent children. Diamond uh, is listed at six foot one, so she's got a good four inches on her elder brother. Uh, I am looking forward to her roaming center field for the Rangers come July. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's I, very cool. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't have any kids. I'm far away from that, and I'm definitely far away from having that draft you know eligible of. children. <laughs> but again, that you know of. But uh, that's got to be super cool and super cool for the yeah. whole family. And uh, you mentioned something about. Now that there's uh there's been a twelve overall, you said Delina was what eight overall. Yeah, so it's, we have it's a number not three overall. The whole family. So we not have a whole family. There's only one one way that this can go for, for yeah. the the final child to not be a disappointment, right? So there are three more DeShields children. Uh, D'Angelo okay. is next on the docket, and he's got to beat a number three pick while still leaving room for his two younger sisters should they choose to go into professional athletics. So what this may be is that D'Angelo or one of the girls or two of the girls have to pick something else and just sort of leave that one line out there to try and play fair. You know, maybe they're going to go professional in something other than sports. That's fine. I think it's a good call. I mean, the Rangers definitely need baseball players, but the world definitely <laughs> needs some some scientists. We need some... You know, good minds out there who are leading us into the next generation. So I'm really looking to the DeShields family to guide us going forward. Let's have a DeShields president. How's about that? Yeah, one of them can be the president. One of them can be a number two or one pick in you know, the yeah, NFL or maybe yep. soccer. I know D'Angelo yep. is a runner. He's a sprinter. Surprising, right? A DeShields who's athletic and fast. Weird. Weird. He's a sprinter. I, I had I was not able to find his senior year stats. I went and tried to look up a whole bunch of information about a seventeen year old high school kid today. So there you go. Couldn't find a lot. Maybe he's injured. Maybe he's not running. I'm not really sure what his situation is right now. But uh, it's, it's the ball is in your court, D'Angelo DeShields. I'm calling you out here on the Rangers Rundown <laughs> podcast. I know D'Angelo you're listening. Shields of Peachtree Ridge High School in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> At me. I know you. You have to beat the freeze. <laughs> Go run against the Braves guy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's it's really cool. cool. I'm. I'm. It was a fun thing to see. Uh, I, I. I happened to see that uh, Diamond Shields was taken. I was like, well, that's that. That name looks interesting. And uh, as an Alabama sports fan myself, uh, I, I think I should have probably recognized a, an SEC rival when it came to women's basketball. But really, really cool stuff. 
big props to the DeShields family. I know they all have to be really happy about that. Uh, and uh, the pressure is definitely on Delino now to, to get healthy and to show his sister up. Yeah. So let's, let's hope he, he comes back ready to roll in about a week or so. And when he does come back, he will not be facing our, our next series, the Rays. I think we're, we're hoping to see him back for the Oakland series or the Blue Jays series after that. But we do have three games against Tampa Bay coming up. Starting tomorrow, it's going to be Martin Perez making another turn versus Blake Snell. This is an interesting matchup of lefties with big-time prospect pedigrees who have had sort of divergent paths so far through the majors where Perez sort of settled is the wrong word, but has has found himself in a a mid-rotation top-end outlook, and Blake Snell has been very, very good to start the season. He's had three turns to the rotation. He shut down the Red Sox and the White Sox and got blown up by the Yankees. So the Red Sox having that offense this year, that's an impressive turn for Snell. He has very good strikeout stuff, hard thrower from the left side. He's had some issues with walks, and he's generally been a high walk guy. So that's something to look for. Our team is obviously very left-handed, so we're going to have to see how Guzman and Gallo and Chu and no more. I'll, I'll handle that, but should be an interesting matchup. Definitely I'll look forward to in terms of what Martin Perez can put out there because he's been awful to start the season and we'll, 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 we'll see if that, that persists. Yeah, I hope so. Or hope, I, sorry. I thought you were going to say hope that it turns around <laughs> and I just went on autopilot. Hope that gotcha. he, yeah, man, I'm not, nah. Perez is who he is. I'm not going to worry about him too much i i'm a believer in martin perez and i do like his contract a lot but i don't know the sample size is so large of his aggregate is slightly above meh so i'm not gonna have two kind of bad starts be you know tank his overall meh-ness so somewhere in between yeah and and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. Just flip a coin, and he's somewhere in between those three kind of outlook outcomes. So I'm not too concerned about him. I'm more high on him than him being kind of you know fading out of baseball in two years. I think that he'll probably has a greater chance of getting better. Around. I think he's gonna but right, right. But I mean, that's kind of big picture stuff, Perez. I mean, yeah. as a Rangers, as a Rangers homer, like I think that he'll probably give us a chance to win. What, what are you, what are you gonna do? It's a better chance to win than the game two starter for us at least. That's gonna be Matt Moore. Um, although uh, in our uh, benefit, perhaps it looks like that game is gonna be Tampa's vaunted ultra famous bullpen game. <laughs> It's a bullpen game. We'll see how that goes. I'm I'm not really sure what to expect. Uh, I was trying to dig around a little bit. I, I went through the the Tampa the their bullpen stats. There's some interesting guys in here, but they're not the folks who are going to be starting that game. They've had a couple of dudes who are pretty effective so far this year. Uh, it's a big toss up. I really don't know what to make of it. I'm already pretty done with the whole Matt Moore thing. I think 
seeing the Tim Lincecum news today, which we'll, we'll get into in just a moment. That, ooh, that's unfortunate. So we're, I don't really know where we're at with Matt Moore. It's been not promising so far. There were a couple of things to look at in his last start, but we're, maybe him getting a turn against a, a less robust offense, because that's it's true. you can say about the Tampa Bay Rays this year is that they're not elite. Perhaps that's what he needs. We'll, we'll see, and then we'll get uh, our third lefty in a row. Cole Hamels is going against Jake Faria. Uh, Jake is a right-handed pitcher, not a great fastball, very good changeup, but so far this year he's been very, very walk-prone, not a lot of strikeouts. That's a really good matchup for this offense, as we've talked about a couple of times. Very left-handed, the Rangers are, and they will take walks. And I like the matchup against Jake. Let's see what Cole Hamels we get. It's been a big old weird grab bag this year of high strikeout, quasi-elite, and terrible. So, we'll see what Right. I think that coming into this season, the general idea was Cole Hamels, uh, colon, no longer elite, comma, might still be pretty good dash but there's a chance that he's not good anymore and then that was like the heading and then here we go we felt we have like 30 blank uh you know cells on an excel spreadsheet and just to see what is cole hamels we're gonna add it all up and see what happens and it's so weird he is striking out guys like he has never had in his career even though his velocity is down even though he's obviously getting older but he's also been not very good. His his home run to fly ball ratio is unbelievable. I think that he leads all of baseball in home runs allowed, which is not good. And especially when you play in Texas, when it's going to get hot, the ball is going to travel, and you play in uh, you know Globe Life Park. That's the kind of the, the the Colby Lewis special of be pretty good and then give up a couple home runs and you're losing. You know, you leave the game in the sixth inning with the deficit. Um, it's really bad so far. I mean, it's so weird. Up, he's got up seven home runs already this season. Seven. The most he's ever given in a year was 28, way back in 2008. In that season, with the 28 home runs, he did it in 227 innings. That's that is not quite. The case so far this year. <laughs> it, yeah, what's what's been, that on pace for? Like forty-five home runs that, like that he's on right now. <laughs> it's been awful. And we were talking about this just before we got in, and I was fully willing to tear into Cole Hamels and say that you know he he hasn't been able to keep the ball in the park for a couple of years now, and the velocity is down. And I'm I'm looking at his numbers on Brooks Baseball, and the, it is down. I mean he he's sitting. 90-91 on that fastball. Last year, he was sitting 92 to 93, in that, or 91, really, to be charitable, to 93. And back in 16, he was sitting 93 to 95. We're, we're looking at an enormous loss of velocity over a relatively short time frame. But what I was really prepared to get into was to say that he's giving up home runs, he can't keep the ball in the park, Cole Hamels is toast, and then I look at the numbers here, and yeah, 35%. Uh, for for folks who are not big or hip to the home run to fly ball ratio as a stat that you keep in your head, which I will admit I am not, thirty five percent is bad. It's uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty terrible. It's about three times higher than you'd really like to see for a pitcher. 
But last year, when I would have told you, I would have sworn up and down, I would have fought you. Cole Hamels is terrible about home runs. 12%. Yeah, not elite, but it's not bad. Career average. Before that, yeah, the year before that was 14, which is not great, but it's still not terrible. Before that, 12. Before that, 8, which is really great. But his career average is 11.5. A 12% last year is, like you said, it's right in line. He He's not giving up. A, a, I mean, he is, but he's also not. It just sort of seems like he's getting a ton of home runs. I, I, I don't know what to make of Cole Hamels. He's not been especially effective thus far. His fielding independent pitching, his FIP, is really bad. It's 6. 5.97. It's terrible. But his expected fielding independent pitching, his ex-FIP, which is a stat that says, what should this pitcher have been able to do, assuming decent defense, given their strikes, uh, their strikeouts and their walks and their home runs, you know, what, what kind of contact they're allowing. By that metric, he's been quite good. I don't know what Cole Hamels is anymore. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I can't read this. I will, again, this comes out of the mouth of a homer, but I will choose to look at the career high, the career elite uh, Ks per nine innings rate, which I don't think that he's going to keep that up. It's like something like 12 or 13 right now. It's stupid. 12 um, But, you know... Let's look at that and him. There, there's a little bit of an eye test to this, which I have not watched every single pitch that he's thrown this season. But what I have watched, he seems to have incredible feel for the changeup this season, which has always been his his uh, his money maker. Um, that's where he's really been effective, and he's been locating it pretty well. And even when he's not, it has such movement and such depth and such a velocity change that that's where he's getting a lot of his strikeouts. So as long as his the action on his pitches continues to have a good feel and good movement and continues to fool hitters, even if it also fools Robinson Trinos, that's okay. Um, let's let's take let's let's put the 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 home runs into like a career average and MLB average kind of range he's probably going to give up a lot fewer runs of course we'll see what we'll see what happens i mean that that could not be the case he could give up a home run and a half you know on average every time he goes out and that would be bad and we've we've gone through that before with some guys um uh, I don't know. I, I I'm still holding out hope for him to 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 read out of Justin Verlander's book and just be a be a ace 2.0 and just continue to pitch really well and to either lead the team to a World Series or be the uh, the Detroit Tigers version and let us trade him for some good prospects now that he has reestablished his value. Anyways, I like that Bartolo Cole one two. Let, let's mm. see it happen. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll see what we get out of Cole Hamels come Wednesday. It's been such a mixed bag this year, but there's definitely at least something in there to to dream on. Uh, I think yeah. our last bit of Rangers related stuff tonight is the the big 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 news today. No, not the big news. We got to talk about that Bartolo Colon. The other news today, Tim Lincecum moved to the 60-day disabled list, and the Rangers have picked up Renato Nunez on waivers from the Oakland Athletics. You know anything about Renato Nunez? 
I learned that he is a person that exists on the planet and that he apparently has appeared within the Oakland organization today. I learned all of that. I learned everything that I know about <laughs> Renato Nunez. I learned in the last two hours. <laughs> those are true facts. Both of those are yeah. true facts about Mr. Nunez. Um, he, he's, uh, look, I don't know how to sugarcoat this. He's not a particularly interesting profile. He, over his last couple of years at AAA, has averaged about a 33 home run pace over a full season. That's cool. Which, uh, yeah, that's nice. He hits dingers. He has big contact questions at the major league level, especially. He, he's not been distressingly strikeout prone in the upper minors, about 24%, which is give or take a league average. He walks at about a league average rate. Both of those numbers, though, are expected by scouts to go in the wrong direction when it comes to the bigs. He's had a very limited taste of the big leagues. His first time run, though, was in Arlington, so we've got that going for us. He's going to be a lovely Ranger. I, I'm not. He's a four corners guy. He's a left fielder, right fielder, first baseman, third baseman. He plays some second base as well. Apparently, I think his position coming up really was third base. But while he's got good reactions at third, he's a slow runner and he has a bad glove, so he's not going to stick at third. And he's certainly not going to play third for this team. He's got a good arm and he has good power, and those are his only two tools at all. He's he's Ryan Rua with less athleticism, but more raw power. I don't get it really. I no. Yeah. So sure, it's Ryan. It's Drew Robinson with a crappier athletic profile. The Lone Star Ball does these quizzes in the off season, (laughs) uh, like around December time, that I really enjoy. And a lot of times oh, it's life. a couple. Of, yeah, you played for the team this year. Yeah, it's it's a quiz <laughs> where you just type in the names of like you know the 2015 roster, and there's you know 36 slots, and you got to remember that I don't know what I don't know something hamburger pitched for the team back and then you know he pitched three innings in relief. Well, I feel like this we're gonna remember Renato Nunez. He got nine at bats. Um, he got a double and struck out three times. And uh, then he came off the roster when, you know, the line of the Shields came back. or Just something really weird. I don't know. I think that it's completely in line with the Lincecum going on to the 60-day DL. We say, well, uh, we have another 40 spot, I guess. Uh, we might as well add this guy. He's available. I, I guess that they've liked him for a while, and he became available, and we had our spot open on the 40. We said, well... Ryan Rue hasn't worked out too good, so I don't know. He's not a tremendously uninteresting profile. I mean, there's a couple of things here that you like. He hits for power, and he has hit for power. He's not just a guy who has raw power in the kit. This is a dude who you, if you, you know, average his numbers out, if a triple A, he's, he's hit at a 33-34 home runs a season kind of pace. He's expected to hit for power, and he will hit for power. So he's not a total, like shot in the dark kind of dude I'm just surprised to see the Rangers make this move given that they keep saying they are contending and that they have no up the middle depth we don't have the room on the 40 man roster to add yet another dude who cannot play shortstop second base and center field given that we're this deep into the season with 
And by this deep, I mean, we're it's April 16th, dang it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not deep, but we're this deep into our roster. I'm, I think if you told me in February, oh, the Rangers got Renato Nunez, I would have been like, who is Renato Nunez? And I looked it up real quick, and I said, oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, he hit a home run in September against the Rangers. I, I saw him. I know the, the A's have him, and they liked him. But he looks a lot like... Like a Rugnetto door, but who doesn't play second base, which, cool. I'm not... I like to have those guys in the system. It's, it's Drew Robinson with less athleticism. It's it's Ryan Rua, but different. I, I don't know really why the Rangers are making this move right now, given the fact that it really looks like we need to send a fielder, considering we have lost or nearly lost games specifically because our center fielder doesn't exist. Weird, weird pickup. Maybe he's good. Maybe he hit some dingers. I, I'm not discounting the fact that Rodon Nunez might be a good player who actually does some positive stuff for us. If you want to dream big, you want to be, you want to be really ambitious here, eh, maybe he's Nelson Cruz. Is he? <laughs> he has ruined everything. I don't for, think so. <laughs> he's ruined ev- nothing. Nelson Cruz has ruined everything for Rangers and baseball fans because it's like, well, yeah. this guy was kind of good in Triple A, and he hasn't done super well in the majors. But hey, he's almost twenty-seven. You know what that means? He's about to be Nelson Cruz. You know, Ryan Rua is about to be Nelson Cruz. Uh, Drew Robinson's going to turn into Nelson Cruz here in about a year or two. It's going to be great. And just. There's only one Nelson Cruz who breaks out at 27 or 28 and then completely unhinges and becomes an elite bat at like 32. It's either Nelson Cruz, it's Jose Bautista, or... He did actually have an interesting comp that I saw earlier on his baseball prospectus list. It wasn't an interesting comp because of anything that really should make you feel good. But one of the comparable players was Eric Thames, not the good Eric Thames. Oh, I mean the I mean the young Eric Thames, the the pre Korea Eric Thames. Yeah, um, but that's I mean that's something. He and, was and Eric majors. Thames figured it out and got good. Yeah. Right. So not right. the worst person to compare it to, but he is a very similar profile to Thames. Defensively limited. He's not going to hit for average. He's not going to take a ton of walks, but he is going to get on base because he's a power hitter who has at least a semblance of a feel for the strike zone, and he's going to hit you 30 dingers. So if you really liked Eric Thames at the end of last year, and for reference, Eric Thames batted like 250, got on base around 350 or 360, and he hit, oh, God, 30, 33 home runs. Yeah, he's pretty solid. If you like that average, you know that lineup. That's a good player, a first baseman at best who hits about two fifty on bases about three fifty and hits about thirty home runs. Yeah, Nunez could be that guy. Maybe we'll see. Again, I mean, it, like you said, it, it is a con- it's, it's a confusing move if we Just are given the roster. It right, make sense given the roster, given the roster, and given the the company line of kind of we're expecting to we're compete, flying. and we're going out there, and we're 
giving it our best and we're going to win the division and we're going to never ever quit one Texas. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But if this this is obviously somebody that the organization has seen from afar and said, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we could do this or that with him. We had a chance to acquire him. We were able to add him to our roster with Lincecum going on the 60-day DL. Uh, you will, uh, sure. Let's see what we have because it, it is, it's a very much a season of, let's see what we have. Let's see if DeShields can stick in center. Let's see if Willie Calhoun can, you know, wear a glove and catch a ball. We'll see if Renato Nunez can be a player for the Rangers going forward and be a bench bat. That'd be cool. That'd be cool if we had a good bench player for the first time ever. It would be nice. And okay. if he can't do it, save us Scott Heineman. He's coming. We're going to talk about them soon, Rangers fans. You're going to hear some talk about these kids on this farm. They're coming. Are they good? We don't know, but we hope. To oversimplify everything, just kind of these unheralded organizational soldiers, uh, every once in a while, they're going to stick. So Scott Heineman promoted to AAA because everybody on the Major League team got hurt, and he might he plays the outfield. And... He does. He plays all three positions. I like him. He, I, he, I think this is not a fair comp for a bunch of reasons, but a guy that Rangers fans can kind of stick in their head, a little bit of uh, Jared Hoying. He plays the the three positions in the outfield. He'll hit. He'll hit for some power every once in a while. He's going to do some stuff. Um, Hoying does not really compare to Heinemann in terms of their approach. Hoying, of course, is left-handed. Heinemann is a right-handed hitter. They have very different athletic profiles, but... Just a, a a guy that Rangers fans may be able to think of as like, oh yeah, that dude came up and he gave us some innings that mattered. By the way, Jared Hoying is one killing of the three, it. He's one of the three best hitters in Korean baseball this year. Good for him. Yeah, super props to Jared Hoying. This is now a Bartolo Colon and Jared Hoying podcast. We're gonna make that our goal. Next episode, <laughs> it's gonna be forty minutes of Jared Hoying, Bartolo Colon fan fiction. We're going to break gonna down do pitch it. by pitch. Yeah. We're going to bring this to you, Rangers fans, because you deserve it. But <laughs> tonight, we need to rest. We need to reflect on the bounty that has been given us that is Bartolo Colon. Yes. And so on that note, Raise I think one. we must bid adieu. To all Rangers fans, Bartolo Colon, and to throwing strikes and to playing a game against a team that is actually worse than us. Hopefully, let's go for a sweep. Call in the sweep. And Oh, and Tampa Bay. Uh, I just looked this up because I was looking at who we're playing next. Don't forget, time zones are a thing. 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and noon starts the next three days. So Woohoo! Eastern time. Yeah, Eastern time. Uh, don't miss it. Go to bed on Rangers time. Rangers baseball. Rangers baseball. You know what? Uh, on that note, I mean, really, I am the most self, I don't know if the right word, mutilating Rangers fan. <laughs> I, I, I experienced the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. After going back-to-back against Houston in games that we easily could have won and could have gotten swept, but we did win. There's something to be said for that. It's easy to see here. There's still a lot of time left. Let's just enjoy it. Let's just watch Joey Gallo and Cologne and Beltre and all these guys, and let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Let's listen to Rangers Rundown and tell all of our friends to follow us at Rangers Rundown and everything else, and we'll just see what happens. Let's go through this season 
and have some fun. Absolutely. And instead of watching Matt Moore on Tuesday, mm. just go ahead and watch Shohei Otani pitch. Just do mm. that instead. This is a Shohei Otani appreciation podcast. Yes. Do what's good for you. Yeah, w- w- don't worry about it. We we will keep up with the Matt Moore start for you, and we'll just let you know if he's going perfect game through seven innings. And if not, just go ahead and stick it on Shohei. Just keep it there. Don't touch that dial. We will Market. do. Yeah, we'll do the work for you because we are four Rangers fans, and you know, uh, for your health, go ahead and avert your eyes on Tuesday. Just just go watch Angels Red Sox. It's going to be much better. Just do that thing. Yeah. Yeah, but until then, until we will you see have you. seen the beauty that is Shohei Otani and the Texas Rangers sweeping the Tampa Bay Rays. We are in an off day Thursday again. Make plans on Thursdays because we never plan on Thursdays anymore. Uh, we will see you on Friday. Looking forward to the right Mariners series. And yes, bright and early, probably at like 3 a.m. because that's the way that this thing works out right now as we are getting our feet under ourselves. This is the Rangers Rundown podcast. And uh, go Rangers, long live Bartolo Colon. Long live Bartolo Colon.